Welcome to the Wisdom Hub, where we don't claim to have the wisdom, but scripture does. You know what I'm saying? That I'm not even looking for. But I used to be like mad attracted. <laughs> what is it like that previous research? What do you mean? Like that you were doing back when you were. It was like a couple Instagram, months ago. Right. And like, so you when I had Instagram, right? You would do I never research. searched. I I saved their photos. <laughs> <laughs> but I I never searched their Instagram profiles. Right? Further than their photos. Instagram, because I thought that's all they did, bro. But now, you know what I'm saying? Your eyes are open. Now, it's like, whenever, you know, I'm sending, bro, it's like I end up finding these women that I'm not looking for. It's like, oh, I know her. I was right. like, oh, she from Instagram. I, was like, I used to have a big crush on her. Right. You know, like, even the John you showed me, I think her name was like Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, even she has an her, OnlyFans, bro. Bro, she has a lot of stuff. <laughs> I see it. I like. I'm like, bro. All these, all these jumps on Instagram. It makes sense though. that we were lusting after. They're now doing sexual things on Instagram. It makes sense. What else could they do? Damn. They're one trick ponies, bro. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so you gonna hit it and quit? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just like, yo. I'm so glad God didn't. I'm so glad that God didn't put me in a place where I could be comfortable in this environment and also that I didn't choose to pursue right. culture, bro. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's just killing people, bro. Yeah. I see it. I yeah. see it, bro. I'm just like sad. Yeah. Which brings us to today's. <laughs> Are you recording? <laughs> I'm always on top of my game. Of bro. course. I'm telling you. You start us off with culture. You have the scripture. We're going to go in order. Numbers 25, verse 1 to 2, page 269. That's not the first one. Leviticus. Okay. It doesn't matter, bro. It's it doesn't. scripture. What? What I mean by it's Nah. What you mean? You're like, that? it doesn't matter, bro. It's all scripture. It's all scripture. It's scripture. I'm it's like, all- oh. So scripture don't matter. I'm just saying like it's all in one book. You know. What well, by one book I mean the Bible. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What is wrong with you? Are you good? Did you knock your head on something this morning, bro? Dang. Since you want to go in order. Leviticus 18, verse 30. I mean, verse 3. Page 224. I look back at my old life before I gave it to God. (laughs) Bro, you know where all my, all my, all my sin and all of my, um, uh, disease was showing up in my relationships with uh women and how i value myself because of because women. of women right bro i mean that's all guys women. though because we like what? not me now i mean yeah not you course. right now bro yeah right now but like we never all, again <laughs> <laughs> we all go through that stage where like we value ourselves by what women think of us you know right or how they look at us right but I feel like I was getting to the point where my relationships with women were like affecting my mind, fam. Of course. But like in a way where 
I thought they were also my solution. They were causing the problems, but right. I also thought they were the solution. Yeah. Instead of going to God, bro. Mm-hmm. Bro, uh huh. All those females I used to entertain, bro, or at least try to until they kicked me to the curb. <laughs> <laughs> right? They all kicked me to the curb. <laughs> it was for a reason, though. Right? Greater purpose. They all kicked me to the <laughs> You're right. You're right. Bro. Yeah. Thank God, though. I know. Because if, if they, they all do it, for a reason. I wouldn't do it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was a blessing in disguise. It really was. Because yeah. I was hurting. <laughs> yeah. Dating freshmen. <laughs> I mean, that was your thing, bro. You like them underage minors. <laughs> Crazy, I was 17. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't turn 18 till I went to college. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> You're funny, bro. In Leviticus 18, chapter 3. You mean chapter, t- chapter 18, verse 3? Yeah, I, my bad. Was Leviticus good. chapter 18, verse 3. Yeah. Then the Lord said to Moses... Give the following instruction to the people of Israel. I am the Lord your God. So do not act like the people in Egypt where you used to live or like the people of Canaan where I am taking you. You must not imitate their way of life. You must obey all the regulations and be grateful to obey my decrees. For I am the Lord your God. If you obey my decrees and my regulations, you will find life through me. I am the Lord. You must never have sexual relations with a close relative. For I am the Lord. Alright. Amen. The Israelites moved from one idol-infested country, Egypt, to another, Canaan. They also had contact with other cultures, Moab. As God helped them form a new culture, he warned them to leave all aspects of their pagan background and surroundings behind. He also warned them how easy it is, or how easy it would be to slip into the pagan culture of Canaan where they are going. Canaan society and religion appealed to worldly desires, especially sexual immorality and mm. drunkenness. That fire. The Israelites were to keep themselves pure and set apart <clears throat> for God. God did not want his people absorbed into the surrounding culture and environment. Society may pressure us to conform to its way of life and thought, but yielding to that pressure will create confusion as to which side we should be on and eliminate our effectiveness in serving God. Mm. Follow God by obeying his word and don't let the culture around you mold your thoughts and actions. Fact. And many, it's crazy how many people or like we also used to be confused by culture, thinking that we're on the right path, but we're actually not, Right. you know? Because you may like do something good like we discussed before that, although it might be good, but is it godly though? Right. Yeah. Right. So I think that people, many of us are misled by doing good and thinking that that's going to satisfy what God wants from us, but it, it it's doesn't. not. Yeah. Right. I Yeah, definitely like culture's definition of good and God's definition of good are like totally two different. completely yeah. definitions. Yeah. And I feel like... Um, once we're in the world so long, we kind of try to mix the two. It's like, I want to be Definitely. good for God, but I want to be, be good, good in the world. Exactly. So I need to make sure people see me this yeah. way yeah. So, I, so that I can be successful, mm-hmm. so that I can... We're conforming to the world. Yeah, a lot more than we think. Yeah, Yeah. because mm-hmm. we're confused. Yeah, and also, like, even when learning about God and his word and stuff like that um it makes it more difficult because everything that we learn in here we automatically compare it to like what's right or wrong in our culture yeah you know and And it makes it difficult and then we like sugarcoat the things we say and we do because we want to live a life that the bible states but then we want to like also conform to culture right which then dilutes the word (laughs) of god which is how which is how, like, 
some people then misinterpret the word of God and do sins and excuse them because they like got it wrong from the beginning right by like twisting the word and manipulating it to suit them right and their lifestyle exactly yeah you know it's a dangerous game it is it's like um i heard an analogy it's like um so there's like hot water and cold water you can't be lukewarm yeah because when we try to be lukewarm too many lukewarm christians yeah yeah that's where we're con- we're living a life of confusion instead of living a life of either culture or god god you know what i'm saying but we try to mix it exactly we're always trying to like blend it which is not what god wants right but god i read um a little bit ahead god says it's okay to mix but not in ways that compromise your relationship with him serving him his obedience things like that but we'll read about it Mm -hmm. numbers 20 chapter 25 verse 1 to 2 what page oh 269 Numbers 25, verse 1 to 2. While the Israelites were camped at Acacia Grove, Mm -hmm. some of the men defiled themselves by having sexual relations with local Moabite women. These women were invited. These women invited them to attend the sacrifices of their gods. So the Israelites feasted with them and worshipped the gods of Moab. I like that. What? Like... When you move somewhere else, you then conform to that culture. Because when we interact... Okay, so when I'm here with you, example, I'm the perfect example. Right. I can see God, you know, read my Bible. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then when, immediately when I go home. <laughs> um, you thanking God. You right? thanking him. <laughs> I'm thinking about God, but I don't act godly because I'm exposed where I find myself being conforming to culture, you know. How? I'm just being honest. How? So, (laughs) specifically women. Okay. Yeah. So, like, you focus on that? Yeah, I focus on women more than I should. If I use that time to focus on God, Mm -hmm. I'd be further ahead, bro. Right. And it, it it would make it easier for me to repent from my... Um, so, lustful sins. You know what I'm right, saying. Right. But like, I keep on going back because I'm trying to like blend. So what if what if that's a sign? It's always a sign, bro. Like what if? But like, I I always choose to not listen, which is what most of us Christians do. Don't you? God like gives us a straight answer, but then we like try to curve it around. We try to like yeah, you meander, know, entertain it exactly. a little bit, like dip and dabble. You know, you know, but so what does that mean, though? Like, does that mean it means I should do better? (laughs) You know, like I know we know how you how how much better do you expect yourself to do if you're there? You know what I'm saying? What do you mean? Like, just like we read earlier. Okay. Even though they went from Egypt to Canaan. Uh huh. They brought sin with them, like that that sinful... But they didn't worship other gods, I'm assuming. Okay. But when they got there, they conformed to those people's gods. Right. Right. It's like, you know, when I'm here, I don't be going out to parties and all that. But when I get home, and then my, like, maybe an old friend's like, you know what, come to this party. Mm-hmm. Something I don't do at all. Right. Which is what they were doing. They conformed to the Moabite, Moabites gods right so i feel like that's also what i do what i struggle with when i'm home sometimes i conform to what people like want me to do how come not going home you not going home is not an option (laughs) because you also plan to live there for the rest of your life right so how come that is not an option not going home yeah (laughs) I have to go home, bro. I need my family, my mom. Right. But do you need that I sin? Think... <laughs> I, you, know what, you know what makes me sin when I'm home? It's because I don't have you. I'll be honest, bro. Like, if I had someone to keep me accountable like you, because most of the people I'm used to at home, they don't... Well, okay, this is going to come off. Dang. Shoot. 
But like no one's on the same path as like you and I are on the same path mm-hmm. in our faith journey. And I, I cannot share that with anyone at home. Right. You know. So it's hard for someone to hold me accountable if they're not seeking what I'm seeking. Which is why it's important to surround yourself with people who are who are like minded and who are seeking the same thing as you. Wouldn't you say that um God is your home though? <laughs> you gotta stop with the questions I mean of course God is my home But like sometimes we choose not to listen to God Right Because we're stubborn like that It's our sinful nature We're always like in battle with Should we do what God wants Or should we fulfill what our we flesh want. wants You know. Right. And most of the time we lose that battle Because our flesh is so strong Right So yeah I mean I try to text you when you're gone it's not enough. It's not. It's bro. I'm telling you, hanging out with you versus like calling you is different. Cause after a call, I can be like, "Alright, bro." I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> like right, right after I call you, I could be doing something simple, right. you know. But like, if I'm hanging out with you, I have like all my attention is with you, and you know, it's different. Right. So you know what that means. Come live with me. Come to Africa, my son. Yeah, but, you know, I also feel like, who knows if I'm strong enough? What do you mean? To not be influenced. Oh, you'll be influenced. <laughs> you would be. This, this is what not, I'm saying. To like, not act on temptation. That's what I'm saying. Like That's if, what I'm saying. Like, maybe I shouldn't put myself in an environment where I'm tempted, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, maybe... I, I, I just don't know. Live somewhere where there are, you know, <laughs> only men or something. <laughs> I mean, you're going to be tempted everywhere, though. That's nah, what, bro, I'm telling you. Not nah, really. For real. For real. Not really. For real. I'm not. Um... You were always tempted at school. But I remained a virgin, bro. Till when? College. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That environment, bro. That's what I'm saying. Like, but if imagine if I lived in Baltimore, and you and I hung out like most of the time, do you think you'd you'd like entertain those temptations as much? No. Bro. That's what I'm saying. Like, if we live together, but we will be straight. But that's not the. You want to come to China? <laughs> you're not going to China. Uh, maybe I don't know. Nah, you're not, bro. I'm gonna be- make sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna live. I got options, bro. We all got options. Well, I want God's options. <laughs> yeah. But, um... You want me to read? It's important. It's important to surround ourselves with people who will keep us accountable. There's not that many, bro. Remember? One That's in 10,000. What was that? Um, who was that? San, uh, Solomon? He's mm-hmm. like one in, in 10,000. Yeah. We are literally... One in 10,000. Yeah. Two. That's, that's what I'm Two saying. 10, like, for real. And then the fact that we met. It was not a coincidence. Bro, that's like, like, everything we went through, it was like almost identical. Basically. You know. But I feel like that's also because we're around each other. Like, remember last episode we were talking about we take from each other. Like, our weaknesses, we also share those. Yeah. So, I feel like it makes sense that we went through the same struggles. Yeah. Because we shared the same mm-hmm. weaknesses. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, if we, so we share the same weaknesses, right? Mm-hmm. If we can share the same accountability, I'm telling you, bro, we would be good. We hope. We pray. Yeah. 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 Shall I read? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. My bad. Explanation. The Bible doesn't say how the Israelite men got involved in sexual immorality. We do, we do know that sacred prostitution was a common practice among Kenite religions. At first, they didn't think about worshiping idols. They were just interested in sex. Before long, they started attending local feasts and family celebrations that involved idol worship. Soon, they were in and over their, they were in over their heads, absorbed into the practice of the pagan culture. Their desire for fun and pleasure caused them to loosen their spiritual commitment. Have you relaxed your standards in order to justify your desires? Mm. 
I think everyone has. Bro, tell me about it. It's like at first it went from the Canaanite religions, you know, um, not idol worshiping. They just were interested in sex to then idol worshiping and sex. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so it's like the more they tried to be involved with the pagan culture, Mm -hmm. the more they strayed away from God. Yeah. Yeah. The people you surround yourself with is what... Is how, like, you will also act, you know? Yeah. So if you surround yourself with ungodly people who live um, disobediently to the word, you will... There is, like, 90% chance you'll also live that way. Mm -hmm. Which is why, like, it's important, bro, who you bring into your um, life. Have you relaxed your standards in order to justify your desires? Yeah. Plenty of times. Plenty. But now I think I'm better. I'm getting better. What would you say to someone who said yes to this? Like, they said, yes, I have relaxed your standards in order to justify, like, my desire. I'd be like... What would you say in order to... First, first thing to look at is, why have you relaxed your standards? Right. And I can guarantee you the answer is going to be the people around you. Okay. Because... Who are you gonna relax the standards for when you're alone? Mm. That's good. You know? Yeah. Cause we always try to impress people and get their validation and to always like fit in, you know. You know what? What? My whole life I grow up, people encouraging me to find my own standards, mm-hmm. find what I want in life. Yeah. But really, our standards should come from the scripture, bro. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like, the scripture sets the tone, but we want to set our own tone. Right. Which is where it all goes wrong. Yeah, because then you we know? feel entitled. Yeah. And and then we compromise the scripture standards, which is why we get hurt. Because, because we feel like we deserve X, Y, and Z. Exactly. You're right. Exactly. That's good, bro. Yeah. So, it's, it's, who, it's what you feed your mind. And right. who you let feed your mind. Right. Who you let cultivate your soil. Ooh. Redefine TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I never realized how important it was to be aware and be mindful of just like what you and feed your mind. I never thought it was that serious. And I never took seriously who you let feed your mind. The people around. Like yeah. People around, yeah. Though, like, bro, I'm telling you, looking back at my life, the people I let feed my mind, that, that's like 90% of the bad decisions I made is because I tried to impress people mm. and to live to be included or to be... To not stand out? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We're, we're all afraid of not being um, part of a certain clique, group, right. or identifying with certain people. But what we, like, fail to focus on is that... If we choose God, like, we're a part of Him. Exactly. That's all we need, like. Right. The thing is, we think of God as this distant person who's, like, not even right next to us right now. Yeah. But He's, like, in our midst and always present, you know. Right. We just have to, like, call out to Him. Exactly. And accept that. Yeah. We, we can be friends with Him and we only need His validation, you know. Right. Because God doesn't want us to be insecure. Exactly. You know. Exactly. I never heard someone tell me that they don't want me to be insecure. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. People are always... it's like, people are like, oh, well, you need to worry about this. <laughs> you need to worry about this because right. I worried about it. Right. So you need to worry about right. it. You right. know? It's not necessarily yeah. the case. And that's projecting. Cause yeah. Because you might not be in, an insecure person, but that person has made you feel insecure. Because they're insecure. And they're... Like, I feel like um, parents are a good exactly. uh, example to look at because... If I look at my mom and I look at my dad, right. regardless of if I like them or not, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like them right. in a lot of right. ways than I even realize, yeah. you know? Yeah. Daniel 1, chapter 1, verse 12. Page. A thousand a thousand one. one. Yeah. Is that yes. what's written there? I was a little shaky. 
with a pen. What, the Holy Spirit was talking to you? <laughs> <laughs> Daniel chapter 1 verse 12. All right. Can I start at verse 11? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daniel spoke with the attendant who had been appointed by the chief of staff to look after Daniel, Hanan, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Please test us for 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water. Daniel said, at the end of the 10 days, see how we look compared to the other young men who are eating at the king's, who are eating the king's food. Then make your decision in the light of what you see. Then the attendant agreed to Daniel's suggestion and tested them for 10 days. Um, that's up to, I read up to 13. Can you read to 17? Yeah. At the end of the 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. So after that, the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of the food and wine provided for the others. God gave these four young men an unusual aptitude under, for understanding aspect of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel the specialty the special ability to interpret the meaning of visions and dreams. That special aptitude, bro, from God. Oh, man. Um, the Babylonians were trying to change their thinking by giving them a Babylonian education, their loyalty by changing their names, and their lifestyle by changing their diet. Without compromising, Daniel found a way to live by God's standards in a culture that did not honor God, mm. wisely choosing to negotiate rather than to rebel, Daniel suggested an experimental 10-day diet of vegetables and water instead of the royal foods and wine the king offered. Without compromising, Daniel quickly thought of a practical, creative solution that saved his life and the lives of his companions. As God's people, we may adjust to our culture as long as we do not compromise God's laws. <clears throat> Daniel and his friends learned all they could about their new culture so they could do their work with excellence. But while they learned, they maintained steadfast allegiance to God and God gave them skill and wisdom. Culture needs not be God's enemy. If it does not violate his commands, it can aid in accomplishing his purpose. Mm. We who follow God are free to be competent leaders in our culture, but we are required to pledge our allegiance to God first. Mm. I like that. Um, how did the captives survive in a foreign culture? They learned about the culture, achieved excellence in their work, served the people, prayed for God's help, and maintained their integrity. We may feel like foreigners whenever we experience change. Alien cultures come in many forms, a new job, a new school, a new neighborhood. Mm. We can use the same principles to help us adapt to our new surroundings without abandoning God. Mm. John chapter 4 verse 10. John chapter 4 verse 10 to 7. Jesus replied, If only you knew the gift God has for, has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you even think you're greater than the ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his an and his animals enjoyed. Jesus replied, "Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. <sighs> but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life." I love that, bro. If we drink the water, which is this word, if we ingest it, we will never thirst again. But if we in but if we drink the water of culture, we will always be thirsting for more. Exactly. Never fulfilled. We will never be content. Right. I like that. That song by Kendrick Lamar, Dying of Thirst. We're talking about culture. Kendrick Lamar is talking about... <laughs> he was talking about God in that, in that yeah. song. Mm -hmm. He was saying a lot of people are dying because they're thirsty for the wrong thing. Exactly. So, of course, they're dehydrated. Right. You know what Ooh. I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 You want me to read that? Yeah. Go ahead. All right. What did Jesus mean by living water? In the Old Testament, many verses speak of thirsting after God as one thirsts for water. 
God is called the fountain of life and the fountain of living water and saying he would bring living water that could forever quench a person's thirst for God. Jesus was claiming to be the Messiah. Only the Messiah could give this gift that satisfies the soul's desire. Mm. Many spiritual functions parallel physical functions as our body as our bodies hunger and thirst, so do our souls. But our souls need spiritual food and water. Mm. The woman confused the two kinds of water, perhaps because no one ever talked ever before talked with her about her spiritual hunger and thirst. We would not think of depriving our bodies of food and water when they hunger when they hunger or thirst. Why then would we deprive our souls? The living word, Jesus Christ, and the written word, the wow. Bible, can satisfy our hunger and thirsty souls. Mm. Why do we deprive our souls but feed our flesh? That's crazy. I've never thought of it like that. Right. We deprive our souls. We f we're depriving the most vital thing. Right. Confusion, bro. It's kind of like... Okay. So say there's a glass, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I wish we could show a visual example. Which is why we need to make a video, but okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, say there's a glass, right? Right. This solid, right? Okay. Say you have, like, a glass and you try to put, like, or chip. You have a glass and you try to put chips in it, right? Mm-hmm. That's basically what the world is, right? Because the world is salty. Mm -hmm. It's flavorful. Right. You know what I'm saying? It looks good mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying you can see it it's proof that it's there like right. it, it tastes good even though it might have all this bad stuff mm -hmm. coming with it we just focus on what it tastes like right. when we are being satisfied mm -hmm. okay then take another glass right god is like that water that living water you mm -hmm. know what i'm saying once you pour into it there's no more space left right you know what right. I'm saying? But if you put the chips in there, there's, there's all still this, gaps. Right. You know what I'm saying? You bring this chemistry into this. <laughs> I'm hip. That God is that homogenous mixture. I'm hip. I like that, bro. <laughs> I like that. That's science. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Because chips, if you put them in a cup, what are you going to occupy? Like exactly. a third of the space? Right. If you put water, that's like... Of All course, you're going to keep being hungry. Right. Because you got more space. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, li I like that. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. I see you, Pastor. So my question is, is like, to the people who are listening, I guess, what would the question be? Um, why? Which cup, are you, which cup are you choosing? Right. Which cup are you Chips choosing? or water? Right. Because you can survive on both water. And our body's made up. 70% of water. You can survive on both, but how much, lo how, what's the longevity of water Ooh. versus chips? Ooh. Yeah. Because that salt is going to make you dehydrated. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. That was good, bro. Chips are going to fill you up for temporarily. Water's going to prolong longevity. Yes, sir. That eternal life. Right. <laughs> I'm telling. Yeah, I like that, bro. I have one more or mm -hmm. two more explanations. Go ahead. The woman mistakenly believed that if she received the water Jesus offered, she would not have to return to the well each day. Mm. Uh, she was interested in Jesus, his message, because she thought it could make her life easier. Right. But if that were always the case, people would accept Christ and his message for the wrong reasons. Ooh. Hold it right there. Okay. We accept people don't accept Christ because the Christian life is not easy. Right. That's why, like, the the challenge of being a Christian is what drives people away. Because yeah, it's not easy. Right. Yeah, I like that. Just wanted to point that out. No, that was good, bro. Christ did not come to take away challenges but to change us on the inside and to empower us to deal with problems from god's perspective it's all about perspective right first corinthians 11 verse 14 to 15 what page 12 i mean 10 12 huh is that a zero first corinthians 11 verse, verse 14 to 15 verse, uh, yeah 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 
verse 9. We'll start at 9. First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 9 mm -hmm. to, you said, 17? Or read to 16. Okay. My bad. Dang. I was reading the wrong thing, but that was still fire. <laughs> All right. Verse 9. And the man was not made for woman, but woman was made for man. Mm. That's going to get some people. Read that again, bro. And the man was not made for a woman. <laughs> the woman was made for a man. For this reason, and because the angels are watching, a woman should be a covering on her head, should wear a covering on her head to show she is under authority. But among the Lord's people, women are not independent of men, and men are not independent of women. That equality. Mm -hmm. See? God is equal, so don't come for him. <laughs> for although the first woman came from a ma from man, every other woman was born from a woman, mm. and everything that comes from God. Mm -hmm. Judge yourselves. Wait, judge for yourselves. Is it right for a woman to pray to God in public without covering her head? Isn't it obvious that this that it's disgraceful for a woman to have long hair? For a man. For a man. Marcellus. <laughs> It's a disgrace, bro. Bro, read the whole thing. <laughs> Cut your hair. <laughs> what do you think about this, though? <laughs> no, read it. Read it. We want to talk about it. No, nah, but. Bro, I wouldn't put it in here if I didn't have something to say. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me read that again. <laughs> Is it right for a woman to pray in God, to pray to God in public without covering her head? Isn't it obvious that it's disgraceful for a man to have long hair? Mm. And for it has been given to... Wait. And isn't long hair... And isn't long hair a woman's pride and joy? For it, it has been given to her as a covering. But if anyone wants to argue about this, I simply say this. We have no other custom than this and neither do God's other churches. Alright, so let's get into it. Let's get into this, bro. Alright. If God says you can't argue this, I don't want to hear anything from you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing. Go ahead. Okay. God created lines of authority in order for his created world to function smoothly. Mm. Although there must be lines of authority even in marriage, there should not be lines of superiority. Mm. Meaning in marriage especially, you should be right. equal. Mm -hmm. You should be one. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? All right. God created men and women with unique and complimentary... Compliment... <laughs> we gonna cut that. <laughs> complimentary? God created men and women with unique and complementary characteristics. One sex is not better than the other. Mm. We must not let the issue of authority and submission become a wedge to destroy one's... To destroy oneness in marriage. Right. Instead, we should use our unique gifts to strengthen our marriage and to glorify God. Mm. Verse 14 and 15, and talking about head covering and length of hair, Paul is saying that believers should look and behave in ways that are honorable in their own culture. In many cultures, long hair on men is considered appropriate and masculine. In Corinth, uh, it was thought to be a sign of male prostitution in the pagan temples. I didn't know that. First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14 and 15 explanation. And talking about head covering and length of hair, Paul is saying that believers should look and behave in ways that are honorable in their own culture. In many cultures, long hair on men is considered appropriate and masculine. In Corinth, it was thought to be a sign of male prostitution in the pagan temples, and women with short hair were labeled prostitutes. Paul was saying that in the Corinthian culture, Christian women should keep their hair long. If short, if short hair on women was a sign of prostitution, then a Christian woman with short hair would find it difficult to be a believable witness for Jesus Christ. Mm. Paul was saying, Paul wasn't saying we should adopt all the practices of our culture, but that we should avoid appearances and behaviors that detract from our ultimate goal of being witnesses for Jesus Christ. Right. And now that you brought that up, I was having this conversation with my cousin. Mm -hmm. Um... I know this might tick some some people off, but let's say um we're going to church, right? And then I come rocking some booty shorts. Me. Do you think that would make me a credible witness to God's word? Yes. 
And the reason I say that is because God doesn't care what we wear. Like, he doesn't care about... What did Paul He doesn't say? care how we come to him. He just wants us to come to him. You know what I'm saying? Like, just because I agree, someone is wearing... But, like, nah, but, like, if you're already... Mean that they're not a credible believer No, but, like, witness. if you're already a believer, bro, God wants you to present yourself. As a believer? No, as, like, a decent person. You know what I'm saying? With but dignity. Just, but with just integrity. Because, just because... So then why do you dress up for a job interview? To get in. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, it's that same philosophy, which I'm like, you know what? Even when you want to like present God's word or you want to come into God's presence, you should have enough respect for him to, in a way, come in a presentable way. To everyone else though? Even like to other people so so they can take you seriously, bro. If I come sagging my pants and like read the Bible to you, what are you gonna say? What is this thug doing? You know? I, nah. Nah. Let's be let's be real. I don't know. <laughs> let's be real, bro. I feel like okay, so there's been a blurring of lines um when we begin to talk about the church's standards on like how men and women should dress. And God's standards on what we need in order to be witnesses of his grace. Right. Okay? So, I don't have the answers, bro. And the only thing that I can say really is that um, I think maybe all of us should consider, like, why do we dress the way we do when going to church? Is that culture or is that God? Right. And because the way you dress when you're going to present yourself to God is a sign of respect to him. But sometimes I pray and I'm like, I just finished working out. So I'm like shirtless. I just have on. Like, no, I'm talking about like when you go into church, though. Oh, like out you can't public. go to church shirtless. <laughs> you know, like it's it's that respect for. But God. the thing is, is like God takes us as we are. I agree. But people... But once he's taken you, it doesn't mean you don't have to progress. You know what I'm saying? Of course. But that's what I'm saying. I'm like, just come. And then there's always room for progression. That's what I'm saying. You like, know what once I'm saying? I don't feel like it's once right. You're, once you've like come to Jesus, what, what would stop you from dressing appropriately or dressing like... Because dressing appropriately comes from culture. It doesn't come nah. from why do you think? Does. Why do you think God is like the whole, women should cover them? Uh, Paul said that women should cover themselves when because uh, back then that was a part of the Corinth the Corinthians culture, right? As long, but, men with long hair were seen as prostitutes, women with short hair were seen as prostitutes, and it wasn't um, a part of the culture to pray in public. You know what I'm saying? Back then, but I'm talking about in this culture. Basically, if we were going off of culture, that means women can't wear pants in church. They have to wear dresses. No, it's not culture. But that is culture, too. Because a lot of churches are bringing that point across. Right, that's true. But, like, I feel like... When really, it doesn't matter. I don't know if it doesn't matter. I guess we could say that's subjective. Because... I wonder what they think, like... Do people think it matters? And right, How right. much? And Let's then see. what are the solutions exactly. to, like, this? Because I feel like when you come to God or in God's house, you need to respect him, you know? But you respect him by honoring him. Yes. Not by... Honoring him by the way you present yourself, by the way you live, by the way... Yeah, everything you, that you do honors him. Right. right. Or you should. Exactly. Right. So if we can dress appropriately for a job interview, why can't we do the same for God? Is my question. But like, who? Why do we respect work standards, but we can't respect God's house? But the work standards are not perfect. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then the church's standards are also not perfect. So what's I, your there point? are issues with both of them. So just because they are in place doesn't mean there's nothing wrong with it. But why are they in place? 
To try? Conformity. Nah. Nah. Conformity. Nah. It's to try and establish a... What did it say? Boundaries, I guess. But is that what you were going to say? Nah. But um, I feel like it's just respect, you know, for God. And not taking away the attention from God to, to you by the way you dress. You know. Okay. But what does that look like? I don't, I can't say anything, but all I'm saying what is... What does that look like for you? What? Dressing in a way that doesn't... Alright, let's say we go to church. Not. For you, like, and other men, what does that look like? And other men? Yeah. Like, okay, let's say you and I are going to church, then you pull up in shorts, gym shorts. Okay. And you have, like, proper clothes. Not that you don't. You just choose to pull up in gym shorts and a tank top. I feel like that would be beautiful. <laughs> if people could just come to church and not have to worry about like, w- like what they're wearing, like presenting themselves, because I feel like the pre- imagine your pastor. I feel like nah, the presentation imagine- is more is more about the culture and pleasing culture than pleasing God already. True That's to a certain I, extent, right? But uh, okay, imagine your pastor <laughs> preaching a sermon to you in front of like a bunch of people. and some jeans, nah, and gym shorts and a tank top, bro. His word, man. <laughs> Nah, Come bro. on, bro. Nah. You'd know that you wouldn't take him serious. I wouldn't. You'd be like, what are you going to? Hit I'm the court <laughs> after the service? I mean, what's wrong with that? We can hoop together. <laughs> nah, I feel like there's a certain respect for God's house when you attend it. But I feel like it's been distorted of what that looks like. What is appropriate? Of course. Some people like take it too far. Like some churches. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially when it comes to addressing women, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, brother. That's just... But what what do other people say? Let's hear. We're not correct, as always. We're just trying to think outside the box. Bring up discussion. Yeah. Start conversation. Yeah. First John, chapter 2, verse 15 to 17. Do not love this world, nor the things that it offers for you. For when you love the world, you do not love the word... Of the Father in you. <laughs> start over. Do not love the. No, fa- start over. You, you not- <laughs> stop. Oh, bro, stop. The- Read it so fast, bro. You don't have the. Take your time. Breathe. Pay attention, bro. Relax. So you're reading from left to right, right to left. What is this? The Quran? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um. Right, let me start over. First John chapter, chapter two, verse fifteen and sixteen. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. Finally, for the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. Mm. These are not for the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away, along with everything that the people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. Wow. You? <clears throat> the word just says it point blank. It does. But let me, let me still read this. Some people think that worldliness is limited to external behavior. The people we associate with, the places we go, the activities we enjoy. Worldliness is also internal because it begins in the heart and is characterized by three attitudes. Mm. So the first attitude, craving for physical pleasure, preoccupation with gratifying physical desires. Two, craving for everything we see, coveted and accumulating things, bowing to the God of materialism. And three, pride in our achievements and possessions, obsession with one's status or importance. Mm. When the serpent tempted Eve in Genesis chapter three, verse six, he attempted her, or he tempted her in these areas. Also, when the devil tempted Jesus in the wilderness, these were his three areas of attack. By contrast, God values self-control, a spirit of generosity, and a commitment to humble service. It is possible to give the impression of, avoid, of avoiding worldly pleasures while still harboring worldly attitudes in one's heart. Mm. It is also 
possible like Jesus to love sinners and spend time with them while maintaining a commitment to the values of God's kingdom. I like that. What does or what values are most important to you and do your actions reflect the world's values or God's values? Mm. I like that where it says like you could spend time with sinners but and love them. Yeah. Yeah. And don't conform to what they do. Right. But you just have to know. Like Yeah, be aware of what Yeah. Yeah. When the desire or presi- uh, <laughs> I have I have to burp. When the desire for possessions and sinful pleasures feels so intense, we probably doubt that these objects of desire will all one day pass away. It may be even more difficult to believe that the person who does the will of God will live forever. But this was John's conviction based on the facts of Jesus, his life, death, resurrection, and promises. Knowing that this evil world will end can give you the courage to deny yourself temporarily. Um, to deny. <laughs> Hold up. When the desires for possession and sinful pleasures feel so intense, we probably doubt that these objects of desire will all one day pass away. It may be even more difficult to believe that the person who does the will of God will live forever. But this was John's conviction. But this was John's conviction. <laughs> Based on the facts of Jesus, his life, death, resurrection, and promises, knowing that this evil world will end can give you the courage to deny yourself temporary pleasures in the world in order to enjoy what God has promised for eternity. Mm. Amen. What do you want to add? We can ask, are you worshiping the God of materialism? We could ask for ourselves too. No. Are you? Well, I only worship one God, bro. No, but like... And also, I'm not like... All right, let me ask you this. I'm not materialistic. True. I do like nice things, though. And every nice thing that I get is a gift from God. True. And I praise him for getting that thing. Mm -hmm. I never give myself credit for any of the things that I have. Of course. All right. So what's your question? <laughs> I wasn't attacking you. Are you guilty? <laughs> Why are you so defensive? Come on, bro. <laughs> coming for me. Sometimes. I'm not coming for you. I'm just asking All right. a genuine question. I'm sorry. Genuine response. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, you you've hit it, right? You've hit the nail on the head. Okay. Yeah. Give credit to God for everything He blesses you with, and don't take credit for anything because it was not your strength, but it was God's blessing. <laughs>